to episode number 10 of the Salsa Soul Food Podcast. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well and happy fall equinox. It's today. We're, we're recording on September 22nd, Tuesday, and this will be dropped next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. We, I think I mentioned at the last episode about how fall I was feeling very early in the year. Mm-hmm. Um, just wanting to watch scary movies, wanting to get some of that pumpkin spice. No, don't do it. No, I, I, <laughs> no well, I'm just kidding. Well, pumpkin beers, I am a big fan of. And pumpkin pie is my favorite kind of dessert. Mm-hmm. Um, and squash soup. I'm yes, I just brought Mark a yellow squash too, so you can cook with that. That was a, I thought that was a zucchini. I don't know. It's. I think it is a squash. <laughs> oh, you know what? It is definitely a squash. Yeah, it's just like a different different type why is it so thin and yellow i don't know i don't know it's not a banana though but, <laughs> but i'm thinking of, you know what squash i'm thinking of like the big the, it has like the um thin top and then a really bulbous bottom like a pumpkin i don't know a gourd it's very gourd like i don't know but you should make Wait something to us to tell me what a squash is please <laughs> <laughs> so happy fall equinox yes so i don't know about you guys but i've been feeling just today i'm just so tired and I just want to stay in bed, which luckily I work from home, so I can stay in bed a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit longer. But there will be some changes coming your way if you feel a little tired. I also found out that the change of the season, not necessarily the fall equinox, but the changes of the season can raise your libido or your sex drive. So if you notice you're getting a little frisky in this, these fall months. Do I, know, don't, I don't have the science or research to back that up. I just read it in a blog. So I wanted <laughs> to let you guys know that. That's a, yeah. Um, that's an interesting thing. I, I always think that like when the when it gets a little colder, I want to want to snuggle up. Yeah. Like it makes <laughs> it makes sense. I don't know. It just makes sense to me. I'm like, oh, in my older age, I'm like, oh, I mean, I'm only 30, but still it makes it just feels natural. Same with I feel like with cats, too. They want to get all they, they, I don't know yeah. what their libidos. I don't know if it's um cat mating season but definitely they want to cuddle more and yeah that makes sense in fall yeah the animals are with it and <laughs> <laughs> what else okay so the animals are with oh it. and your sleep your sleep patterns might be off as well like you might want to go to bed earlier or later or whatever um so just be in tune to your body give yourself the food and the nourishment that it needs and one other thing that might change for both m- men and women is your skin like you might start to break out you might feel drier obviously with the cooler weather and that leads us into today's episode which is going to be the topic will be eczema yeah we have a great guest abby ty um who will break down her experience with eczema and her business as well and how she helps her um clients that she works with and in the first season the the most popular episode was the episode on perioral dermatitis which is a chronic skin condition for those of you who didn't listen um to that one so we wanted to bring back like a specialist to kind of talk about their experience with a different chronic skin condition uh as well this is the this is the the skin sequel the skin sequel i like that we're just covered in it we're just swimming in skin (laughs) oh my god we all are really every single person on this planet just bathed in it <laughs> i don't know what's happening <laughs> <laughs> so we hope that you enjoy episode number 10 and yeah let us know again what your 
working on? What are your fall health goals? Stay healthy and safe during this fall equinox. Say goodbye to summer. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little early to check in with people, but um, because we just put the call out. But I definitely know one person who has mm-hmm. the same same goal as me. She mentioned that she listened the other day, and she says I'm trying to maintain as well. Nice. Maintain weight. I, I don't know if anyone listened to the last episode. I'm trying to keep that scale steady as all hell. Yeah, keep it steady. Keep it steady, and it's. Uh, we'll do a check in next time, just to, just to see, just to see, because who knows? You're listening, so I could be <laughs> ballooning up right <laughs> anything, now. Anything can happen. <laughs> you don't know what's happening. <laughs> so thank you, everybody, for uh, tuning in. We've uh, we want to make sure that I mean, you know, hopefully we're not pushing this down your throat too much about liking the the instagram subscribing to um whatever podcast feed you do i Mm -hmm. you know it is it is nice to to have our weekly listeners but you know if you don't subscribe it's not gonna go to the top of your feed you'll have to just see angela's post to remind you to to listen to the episode and you know you know angela's a busy girl she can't be reminding you all day long (laughs) you gotta subscribe um and what else your youtube right yeah, or I'll also just share with friends, like even just like email somebody, let somebody know about it. I know that that's like a quick way to just just share because I'm also not the social media queen. <laughs> I'm like an <laughs> I'm just like an old soul and I mm-hmm. just sometimes don't post to social media. You're an old soul who gets frisky in the fall. <laughs> you, really? you get naughty as all hell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess we're finding things out about me. So if you uh, want more content like this, then share with friends and family, just like word of mouth, like the old days. Let's take it back to the old times (laughs) and listen to our skin episode. Enjoy. Okay, so today on the show, we have a very special guest, Abby Tai. She is a holistic nutritionist who is the founder and creator of Eczema Conquerors, which is a website and blog which shares resources for those struggling with eczema and other chronic skin conditions. She also has an amazing podcast, online coaching program, and products which help heal eczema. So thanks for joining us today, Abby. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Angela. Yay. So first, I just wanted to ask for our listeners out there who aren't familiar with eczema, uh, can you just break down what it looks like? I know that it might look different for, for each patient, um, but just break down kind of what it looks like and what are some of the signs maybe for people to look out for? Yeah, definitely. So eczema can come in many different forms. Some people can only have it on their face or on certain parts of their body, like inside their elbows or the areas of their body where they have creases, like even uh, behind the knees. Um, But some people also have it on their legs and it can come in the form of rashes or even like blisters. Some people can have oozing and it can be really uncomfortable. I know for myself, I had it all over and that was just really, really uncomfortable. And so it can really be different for everyone. Um, Some people might even have it on their eyelids where they'll develop redness or inflammation, but it's basically, uh, yeah, inflammation of the skin and it comes with a lot of discomfort as well. And is there always itching involved with eczema or? There usually is, um, although lately I have come across um, a type of dermatitis called margarita dermatitis that doesn't itch. Um, but yeah, that's like a special type of dermatitis where people come into contact with, 
limes or lemons or other certain types of foods um, that contain a, a certain compound in it uh, where when they touch it or like they drink margaritas or tequilas, um, then a certain part of their body turns uh, red or like they get signs of inflammation after they touch uh, the lemon or lime and they go out in the sun so yeah that was really interesting to come across yeah that's a good one for us to know now that the weather's getting warmer yeah here, they're starting to like things are starting to open up it's like people be aware if you have a margarita i know <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's interesting uh so thanks for breaking that down for everyone and can you tell us like for you your personal journey when you first started showing signs of eczema and kind of walk us through, I know that for some it can be longer or shorter than others, but can you walk us through a little bit of your journey? Yeah, sure. So I had it when I was, uh, ever since I was a baby, but I just had it very mild. I just had a little bit. Um, and as I grew older, I actually moved to Hong Kong when I was about 11. And when I had my first boyfriend, uh, he was my first love. And then he, he afterwards, he broke up with me. And ever since that really traumatic moment for me, that's when the eczema really flared up and where I was just, I think I was just so devastated. And I used it as a form of, I guess it was, it was a form of, um, you know, the itching would help me release stress. And, but it was also, I guess, um, a form of uh, self-harm maybe and a way to um, release all the rejection that I felt and the devastation and so yeah I definitely went through a lot of emotional trauma after that and my life was never the same again I missed a lot of school and the eczema just like covered me from head to toe and back then there wasn't a lot on the internet like on YouTube and Instagram, there wasn't a whole eczema or topical steroid withdrawal community. And so um, I couldn't find much information online and there was hardly anything out there. And so it was really tough to find anyone who could relate to what I was going through or even find anyone who could, uh, who I, I could meet that would even understand what I was going through. Mm -hmm. Wow. So so started out as a baby, and then you you noted that traumatic like breakup you said right after yeah. you went to Hong Kong, and I think that's interesting because we've only had a few guests on now, um, but we we always go back to that traumatic experience that people have dealt with, and how that then dictates your future with your health, with your relationships, and and everything else. So I find it interesting how you said too, like you felt like the itching was almost not only like the eczema, but it was part of the mental distress, like you were using that as a way to kind of like cope with what was going on. Yeah. I think that's interesting just because I deal with a lot of that itching and I feel like it's very hard to explain to people who've never deal with chronic itching that it really is like debilitating. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. It's really so tough. I, yeah. So I like how you said that. Um, so you kind of look at it definitely as a holistic, it wasn't just like it was something physical, but it was also the mental. Yeah, I'm very emotional as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I love, I love how you said that. Um, so what would you say, so that sort of happened um, during that portion of your life. Was there any, did you notice then moments when it would start to get better? And did you, did you correlate that with a specific like healing therapy or um, practitioner? Or was there also like a very low low that you had maybe? So when I was a teenager, there wasn't many 
you know, natural remedies out. Um, there weren't dermatologists or doctors who would recommend a diet change. They didn't really believe in that. And there still are many doctors who don't believe in that. But the funny thing is that whenever I moved to Canada or went there for vacations in the summer, my skin would clear up and it would get all better. And I think that was partially due to the environment, um, mm -hmm. maybe because Hong Kong is really densely populated and extremely uh, polluted as well. I'm not sure if it had anything to do with the water or anything else. But whenever I moved to Canada, my skin would just find so much relief. And I've heard of other people experiencing the same things, which is really interesting. So um, when I moved to Canada for university, my skin actually cleared up. But um, a few years later, I was dating uh, my boyfriend, who is now my husband, and my skin flared up like crazy again. And I was so scared because my skin had never flared up before in Canada. And so when I was there, I just found it so strange that my skin was flaring and I was scared because I had never found anything that actually helped it. I had used steroids and oral steroids and other medications for many, many years, um, but those never helped me at all. But I just had side effects from it. Um, and then I discovered how diet uh, really helped the skin mm -hmm. because one day my friend said, why don't we do an elimination diet and see if that helps you? And so we did it. And my skin kept flaring up for two months straight. It got so bad, like the worst it had ever gotten. And then um, someone had, um, or my naturopath had actually told me that sometimes it can get worse before it gets better. And my husband said, you know, let's just keep going and see how this is doing. And, and hopefully your skin will get better. Um, because I had tried everything else and nothing really worked. So yeah, I just kept going. And then at the two month mark, one day my skin just, you know, saw such a turn and it started getting a lot better. And then my naturopath also said to me, you know, I've been seeing you for two months. And for the first time, I can start to see what your normal face looks like. So it was after two months of seeing me and helping me that uh, he could finally see what my normal face looked like. Oh, and did you, so we actually have done an episode on elimination diet um, as well, because I, I completely agree that elimination diet is kind of like that first step towards uncovering like a root cause, potentially root cause or a trigger. For you, what, what were like the root causes or triggers, do you think, from the elimination diet, like discovery? Yeah, I found out that my digestion was like really, really poor, and I was always really like gassy and bloated, so I couldn't tolerate a lot of foods. Um, only when I went vegan, I found that it really, really helped me. And mm -hmm. so um, even things like bread, uh, that wasn't gluten-free. So like wheat and gluten really triggered me. Um, sugary foods and sugars, even like sauces with a lot of like hidden ingredients in it really affected me. And uh, my skin was just so sensitive. There was even a point where I would eat certain foods and my the tips of my fingers would tingle, my, my tongue would tingle, and it was kind of scary. But as my skin began to heal, um, I noticed a lot of those symptoms went away and my, and my body started to heal as well. Okay, that's great. Interesting. And also, so yeah, I know you mentioned your naturopath. Uh, can you explain to the audience too, like what a naturopath is and how that might differ from a conventional um, doctor? Yeah, sure. So a naturopath is similar to conventional doctors, except instead of 
treating someone uh, topically and through conventional methods, they really look at the person as a whole and as a holistic point of view, and they treat the patient from the inside out. And so they really try to identify the root causes, and they'll really be able to help the patient through um, supplements or alternative healing methods as well. Mm -hmm. And I find too that especially like a naturopath or even if you have a conventional doctor that um that you like going to and you feel supported by i think just having somebody who understands the gut skin well the gut connection to every part of our body really uh is super important like you said it was really in that gut healing right mm -hmm. yeah yeah definitely what and I do you see that, that with interesting oh, sorry. Like, uh with the elimination diet you both have such separate skin conditions but it, but i do see a lot of like similarities with um mm -hmm. like you saying going going gluten-free helped I, I know angela that's that's helped out you you a lot um and no sugar that connection seems pretty tied with skin no I, i'm i'm the guy who knows nothing so i like to just like be that guy <laughs> i'm just trying to like find some type of patterns or connections over here yeah, and no, you're right. There's a lot of people with skin conditions who do feel better when they eliminate gluten and dairy and sugar as well. So you're definitely on point. Yeah, for sure. And do you see, so I know that you do have an online uh, coaching program. Uh, and do you also see clients one-on-one? -on -one? I wasn't sure. Not as much anymore, but um, there are some cases where I do, but usually uh, it's group coaching and then through uh, my skincare products as well, where I try to use uh, natural products to help people through what they're going through. And do you find with the, the coaching, the groups that you have, do you find that majority of them are due to like an overly processed diet and gut issues or what, is, what are some of the trends that you see with your patients? Yeah, actually, I see all kinds of trends. I've seen people who haven't really started making many changes, um, all the way from people who have an extremely clean diet where they're eating vegan. Um, I just recently had someone who was eating really, really clean diet, but she found out that she was allergic to cranberries. And when she removed that, her skin got a lot better. And um, yeah, we just see all kinds of things. Uh, but one interesting that... One interesting thing that really helps people a lot during their healing journey um, throughout my eight-week group coaching program is that we notice that as people go along throughout the eight weeks, we notice that the people who are most dedicated see the most results. And then as they continue along through the eight weeks, we usually notice that um, they see like a big progress where their skin has healed a lot and made a tremendous improvement. And a lot of times we ask what has helped make the difference. And a lot of times they actually say that their mindset has helped to make a big difference as well. Because one thing we really help with is the mindset. And so that's so interesting how even just like the emotional aspect and the mindset has really helped people recover and get better as well. Yeah, no, that's that I can definitely relate to that. And it's also that it's healing is is the mindset it's the diet there's so many different layers and we often forget about like our mental health and what thoughts are we feeding ourselves definitely and especially with skin because you're looking at yourself and you're seeing it and we're constantly saying those negative thoughts you know and that's yeah um another interesting fact is that um there was a study that came out that showed that parents of children who are going through eczema 
um, actually experience the most stress compared to any other condition um, other than cancer. Uh, cancer is the number one, but other than that, eczema comes right after that more than if people are going through like um, cystic fibrosis or things like deafness or even like um, diabetes. Uh, the study showed that people are, or parents are more affected and more stressed by children who have eczema. Is that because it's so visible? Yeah, that's what I was talking to another doctor about. That, that might be the case where it's because it's so visible that they actually get impacted by, um, you know, the blood that they see sometimes, the skin flaking, uh, being in so much physical pain. Yeah, I remember one of the episodes that I really loved. I forget the season and, like, episode now, but you were interviewing um, somebody. He's now, I believe, like, a holistic practitioner, but he was talking about his journey with eczema, and he talked about, like, a fight that his parents had and how his father or mother, they just kind of, it was just a very traumatic experience for the parent because the parents felt like they were putting so much money and time and effort into it and there still were no results with his skin condition so then the child felt shame and like you're saying there's like so much that goes into it yeah definitely so yeah it's, it's a lot and so now you are your title is holistic nutritionist right yeah that's correct and um and podca podcast host and business owner many many things yeah. but how did you like Describe to us the transition from kind of coming to terms with your healing and your continuous healing, I'm sure, and uh, becoming a holistic nutritionist and what that looked like. Yeah, sure. So um, after I started dating my husband, um, we were still in our early 20s. And when the elimination diet really changed my life and changed my skin, I realized that, you know, I want to do something more with my life rather than just work in marketing because I was working in marketing for a long time. And I felt like I wasn't really helping people or contributing to the environment or, or making a difference in people's lives. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, I realized like there had been some nutritionists who had helped me on my journey too. And so I really wanted to study nutrition and basically I was working full-time and then I was studying on the side and I was just so passionate about completing my studies and then being able to help people and help clients and so yeah that's basically what I did uh, where I was um, working full-time and then studying and then um, I was just so excited to become a nutritionist and then right near the end of my program that's where I started my blog uh, all about eczema and helping people as well. And back then, there weren't that many people who had blogs or uh, talked publicly about eczema. So it was actually very, um, yeah, it was sparse. And now you see it, everyone sharing about it and talking about it. But yeah, back then, there wasn't much going on. Yeah, wow, I cannot, I cannot imagine like how difficult that must be to like have grown yeah. up in a time where there was not really much talk about it. And I even tried researching so much and I could hardly find that much information about it. So um, yeah, it, it, it really made a difference when um, just seeing other people starting to blog and um, yeah, when I started uh, making YouTube videos as well, that's when there weren't that many people, but now there's a lot of people making YouTube videos too. Yeah, especially after COVID hit, there's a lot of people like- Oh yeah. <laughs> making a lot of stuff, no, for sure. 
Um, no, that's great. And can you, um, I've heard a lot and I've read a lot. Um, I don't know from my personal experience, but as like a mother, can you describe maybe what some women might experience like after pregnancy or during pregnancy that might affect their skin, like the hormone connection? Yeah, sure. So this is actually really interesting because my skin was actually doing great during pregnancy. And it's actually after I uh, gave birth that I flared up. But I had this talk with a dermatologist and I asked them, you know, what was the percentage of cases they see where people flare and don't flare? So I spoke with two dermatologists and what they said was that they typically see 25% of people during pregnancy where they stay the same. 25% of people actually get better and 25% of people actually flare up during mm -hmm. pregnancy. So it's so interesting. And then after people give birth, it can also go the other way around where people either get better or they get worse. Mm -hmm. And then right after that, there's also the hormonal shift again after people stop breastfeeding and nursing. Um, and also when people get their monthly cycle back, that can mm -hmm. totally change the whole hormonal shift again. Um, so it's really interesting. I will say I have noticed a bit of a pattern. Um, I, it's not really based on any research, but just based on what I've seen is that it, it looks like the people who do well during pregnancy sometimes, flare, sometimes but not always flare after they give birth. Mm -hmm. And then I've also noticed a pattern where people who flare up during pregnancy feel better after they give birth. But then when they stop breastfeeding, they seem to flare again. And um, it's really interesting. Um, uh, during your pregnancy, a lot of people have the pregnancy glow. It's, okay. A lot of it is because the hormones are you know, at their peak. And even as you go along during your pregnancy, all the way to the ninth month, your hormone, hormones actually keep continue going up until it, it reaches its peak. Mm -hmm. And so the moment you give birth, your hormones drop from like 100 to like zero. So it drops like right down until there's like nothing. And um, the, a lot of the hormones are responsible for giving you the plumpness in your skin, the collagen, the elastin. Um, so it really helps to keep your skin moist. And so it's really affected when, you know, after people give birth, and I think that's why I flared. I started flaring like a week before giving birth where my skin was getting so dry and flaky and itchy. And I, I really believe that it's during that hormonal shift. Um, but I remember I spent so long trying to get my monthly cycle to come back. And my naturopath, she's a hormonal specialist. And she had actually told me that um, we should try to get the monthly cycle back because it'll actually bring back the hormones and the hormones will help with uh, the plumpness of the skin, the collagen, the elastin. So uh, yeah, we worked hard to bring back my monthly cycle. Okay. That's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so many changes and each woman, like you're saying that it's, there's, it's not like necessarily like a straight pattern or mm -hmm. a solid pattern for every single person. Yeah. So, and what do you mean by plumpness of skin? Like, um, you know, moist and how some people, some women, they have like, or uh, men as well, their, their skin just feel, looks really like plump and moist like and it looks good. Yeah. Versus like dry and yeah. Flaky okay. and brittle. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. I just, I just started moisturizing this year, so I'm out of the loop on skin. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing though that you just started moisturizing that's great that you did 
it's, go good it. <laughs> I know. It's because I, uh, my girlfriend kind of uh, pulled me aside and said, hey, this is something you should be doing. <laughs> That's like my husband. He has really good skin and he actually doesn't even need to moisturize and his skin will still be really good. So there's like, there's an anecdote that I had with, with my girlfriend about like washing my face because every time I'd be done, I, I, I didn't like washing my face in, in her bathroom because I would like get it all messy. There'd be like water everywhere and I'd have to like wipe it down. And she'd be like, why, why is there water everywhere? Why do you always have to like wipe down the sink afterwards? Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I was saying, because I learned how to wash my face from those commercials where the women just like, oh, they're just like. They, I, I'm not even joking. Like that's how I thought people wash their face. They like put a bunch of water in their hands till so it was like a pool, and then you like Ridiculous. splash it on yourself after obviously like washing it with your your um whatever like soap or soap you have, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's just the way to like get it all <laughs> get it all off. And um, now I know that's not what you have to do. That's <laughs> so <glad>. funny. Without <laughs> work. Oh my God. Um, so we know that you have your, um, some products, right. That you've created and it's called, um, Conqueror, right. Is that the name of the brand? Can you yeah. just a little bit more and tell us about it? Yeah, sure. So the funny thing about the Conqueror skincare products is that I actually launched it three weeks before I gave birth <laughs> and oh, wow. I was scrambling to launch it because I realized if I launched it right after I gave birth, I would probably not be able to uh, I would probably either not be able to handle it or there would just be too much going on so I tried to figure everything out before I gave birth but yeah conqueror basically um, it's just based on the verse that we're more than conquerors and that we can conquer anything that comes our way and that's what really inspired me to call it conquer Um, it's just a reminder to people that we can really overcome anything and conquer anything and um, uh, yeah, there's also the Bible verse that um, in him, we are more than conquerors. And so that really helped inspire me as well. And um, yeah, so I created a balm and it's like an all natural skin balm. And, um, mm-hmm. and that was the first product that I ever created. And yeah, I, I chose like every single ingredient. And I remember working with my manufacturer and she wanted to include some harsher preservatives and harsher ingredients. But I remember telling her that, you know, I really wanted it to be an all natural product and remain and keep the integrity of my brand. And um, so I finally convinced her and she was able to make, uh, you know, just like really gentle and safe ingredients. And then after a couple of formulations, we finally came out with the final product. And yeah, now we've been we've been in you know many different countries around the world. And um, yeah, it just makes me really happy to see that some people have even had their skin cleared up after using it. And then I launched my uh, bath soak as well and body wash. And we also have eczema gloves too. And we're also working on creating more products to help people. And uh, I'm also going through a whole rebrand right now. So that's a lot of work. But um, yeah, I was just really inspired to help people through it and to really find natural products because I found that when I was going through it, there weren't a lot of natural um, ingredients and a lot of, uh, yeah, natural ingredients in the products. I found that there were a lot of um, 
harsh preservatives and I didn't realize that that was adding to the toxic load, especially in my liver and everything that I was going through. Wow, that's amazing. And can you describe what the eczema gloves are? Yeah, sure. So some people scratch a lot at night or even during the day, some people are... Um, some people get really shy and self-conscious to show their hands. So some people will wear the gloves as well. Um, some people will also wear, uh, put moisturizer underneath the gloves. So it'll help to keep their skin moist. Um, but some people also use it to prevent scratching at night. Yeah, great. Yeah, I okay. want to do the I pick, I pick, I pick my hangnails at night. Oh. When I'm, sleep when I'm <laughs> sleeping. Do, have, you, have you ever heard anyone do that? No, like self, uh, like subconsciously. Yeah, in my sleep, I will wake up and then my hangnails will be picked off, and I'll the, like the sheet, the sheets will be bloody. Wow, oh, this isn't a laughing matter, Angela. I'm this sorry. Is... We need to get you a pair of gloves then. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know because I wanted to know if anyone else in like you've ever heard anything like that before. Did your girlfriend notice that you were picking it at night? I tell her about it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's just when you're alone, like if you're stressed. That might be it. I, I try to, like, make sure I don't have them hangnails. I'll try to, like, whatever, cut them down beforehand. But if, if I'm at, if, it, if I'm sleeping, I will definitely, like, peel them off in my, in my dreams. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, no, it's, it's the itching. And, and that's why I wanted you to clarify the glove part, too, because I think a lot of people who don't mm. suffer, um, and it's not just eczema, that's, you know, that's an itchy condition and so I think a lot of people think it's funny you're like oh you're itchy but it's actually no it's it's very serious yeah Abby, can I ask you a question about your your the manufacturing of your product yeah sure. first off like congratulations on launching on, on launching those items Thank I, I want to ask like um when the manufacturer did want to push on on the preservatives like what was the pros and cons of having to fight them on that and make sure it was all natural like does it make for a, a a shorter shelf life or, or something like that? Um, well, there, it's possible to use gentler preservatives and still maintain the shelf life, which is what we eventually did. But some people just, uh, are, uh, depends on each manufacturer. Some manufacturers and formulators are just more accustomed to using, you know, more harsher preservatives as well. As are a lot of mainstream products, uh, you'll notice, you know, some people use harsher ingredients or harsher preservatives. So I just want to keep the integrity of my brand where we use a lot of gentler and more natural ingredients and um, preservatives are always necessary because you don't want mold to grow and things like that. So it's always necessary to have preservatives. It's just that I wanted gentler ones and more natural ones. Um, especially if you see search the EWG database, um, there are some preservatives that are harsher and do have more of an effect on the body in the long term as well um some people do argue that you know preservatives are okay or harsher ones are okay but uh we also never know because there's a lot of products out there that do contain a lot of um you know hidden ingredients that we don't know what the effects are for long-term use and also the side effects as well so i definitely am leaning more towards the natural side and um, yeah, there's a lot of eczema companies out there today that also do claim that they're natural and do use a lot of natural ingredients. But if you look at the back, it really isn't really that natural. So that's one thing that I also wanted to um, maintain for my brand was to keep it really, actually really genuinely natural and keep it safe for 
even babies and kids to use as well. Yeah, and connecting back to the ingredients, I know you had mentioned using steroids. Uh, can you talk a little bit about what topical steroid withdrawal is and kind of warn people about it a little bit? Yeah, sure. So topical steroid withdrawal is basically when a person uses steroids for a long time, whether it's a few months to a few years. Some people even claim that they have used steroids for a few weeks and then they've developed it. But it's when the skin and the body becomes addicted to the use of steroids and needs it in order to cope. And then when the person stops using the steroids, their skin goes into like huge flare and almost an uncontrollable flare and they're left even worse off than they were before and their whole body is um a lot of people go through redness or they some people go through um you know itchiness pain flares uh chills and sweats is also another thing that some people get um zingers so some people feel like you know like nerve zingers where they get like shocks over their body um, a lot of very unpleasant feelings that come up and um, a lot of doctors still don't recognize topical steroid withdrawal, but the National Eczema Association Task Force just came out with a paper about um, topical steroid withdrawal and the effects of it. So it's good that they're finally doing something about it and getting the word out about it as well. Yeah, I think it's great because it just empowers people to know just like you said knowing you know that there are going to be preservatives or knowing you know what steroids could potentially do to your skin i know that i recently with the dermatologist and they had um prescribed a steroid and i just didn't pick it up because i'm like i just don't want to go down and not not to judge anyone because everyone has their own ways of coping and and dealing with things um but it just it's unfortunate that people who are trained not everyone has all of this information yet. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, no problem. It's it's good to be able to spread awareness about it because not everyone is aware of it. Yeah. Uh, and now I wanted to ask you, I know you mentioned a little bit about your coaching program, the eight-week program. Can you just like break it down a little bit more for people who might uh, be interested in that? Yeah, sure. So it's uh, basically eight weeks long and we've had people join from all over the world, like Philippines. We've had people join from the UK and Amsterdam. We've even had people join at like two or three in the morning at their time for the coaching calls. So they've been really, really dedicated. We've had people from the States, uh, from Canada, and just people who are really interested in helping their skin get better and what I love about it is that it's really a community where people can come together and um, really bond with other people as well. And they can find relief by being able to share with others what they're going through and to be able to find help through it as well. And yeah, I, I have a person who supports me through it and she supports the group members. And so we're always available for questions. And we actually even let people continue to message us after the eight weeks is over. And even if we have like future calls, they can always join us after as well. That's great. Cause I think the biggest thing in any type of healing is just like having a support like team and network. Like you mentioned seeing dermatologists, having a naturopath and then somebody who specializes with like hormones. It's, it's important to have like a, a setup and then a group coaching program, I feel like is a nice, nice way to connect. Yeah. And how long have you had it for? 
I think it might be around three or four years oh, awesome. right now. Um, but I've actually been doing eczema coaching for, um, I've been a holistic nutritionist and been doing eczema for coaching for almost 10 years now. So it's been a really long time. Wow, that's great. And how are you feeling like on your personal like journey with eczema now? Like what are you, do you feel like in a really good place? Like how are you feeling with that? Yeah, I'm definitely feeling like I'm in a lot better place than I was when I did um, give birth. Uh, because, you know, after I gave birth, I was flaring up so much. It was so bad where it was hard to sleep. There's times where it would take me like 30 to 40 minutes just to put on pants because it was that hard and that much in that much pain. And just wearing clothes was really tough. Um, and also I was uh, balancing uh, with managing all the orders from the Conquer skincare products. So I remember that, you know, at 3 a.m. I was still writing shipping labels back then and trying to figure out how to like ship things and pack things. And that was really, really hard. Um, but somehow we've all, we've managed to do it all right now. Um, I don't do my own shipping anymore, thankfully. And my skin has gotten a lot better. And I feel like despite everything that I went through, um, I felt like my healing was really, really slow after I gave birth, but I'm realizing that everyone's journey is so different and everyone heals at really different speeds. And so, you know, the, the best thing to do is not to compare, um, you know, our healing journey with anyone else's healing journey because everyone is so different and we all go through so many things. Um, but yeah, now at three years, I'm about 80 to 90% better and I'm feel, I feel like healing is happening it was happening really slowly, but I'm seeing more and more healing happen. So I'm feeling blessed by that. And I feel like I've learned more than if I never went through that. And so in a way, I am grateful for the experience, even though it was really tough. But I think the tough times also bring us lessons that we never expected as well. Yeah, like you wouldn't be doing any of all like the amazing things you're doing now, if it if that them. didn't happen yeah yeah so I think that's a great perspective I, I know when I was going through tough times too I'm like okay you'll come out you know on the other on the other side of it right yeah. um so the name the name of our podcast is salsa soul food so I wanted to ask you so salsa represents physical activity soul represents nourishing activities like self-care and food is kind of your relationship with food and any such sort of goals or any like expert, expert, oh my God, I cannot speak exploration with food or like recipes. So what are your, some goals that you might have like this month or even if it's like this week around salsa soul and food. So physical activity, self-care and then food. So that's really interesting. I've been thinking about that a lot and I found that having a kid really makes it like so much more challenging. And mm -hmm. I've been thinking a lot about how to add in physical activity Thankfully, it's summer right now, so we're able to go out a lot. I can go with him for walks. But one thing that I'm trying to do is also to get in more intense activities. Mm -hmm. um, I have tried working out while my son has been in the room, but then he just starts, like, hopping all over the place <laughs> and like, starts playing around. So it's been a bit tricky. Um, but I think one thing, one of my goals is really to wake up earlier and mm -hmm. um, when, when my in-laws are watching him or when there's someone able to help watch him then I'll just work out when there's someone watching him so that can help 
Um, another goal for self-care is really to journal more. So to really uh, write out my uh, my feelings and just uh, process things and do a brain dump, but also to write down my goals. So I'm really um, goal-oriented as well. So um, one thing that I really want to do is, yeah, just to write down my goals. And there's someone that shared something before called the Ivy Lee method. I'm not sure if you've heard mm -hmm. about it before, but it's where every morning you write down like three things you're grateful for, um, three things that three ways that you want to feel during the day, mm -hmm. uh, three things that you want to get done. And then also uh, seven things on your priority list that you want to finish as well but then you have to finish all of them in order um, in order to finish it so it's interesting and it really helps you take the time to reflect so yeah that's something that I've been trying to do as well nice and anything connected with like food or like in terms of learning about food or making? It can be anything like recipes that you want to try or if there's a certain like lifestyle or like dietary like method or theory that you're exploring, even if it's with like your group or anything like that. Um, I've actually been inspired by, I don't know if you use TikTok, but I'm I'm actually, yeah. I've, I've been finding like a lot of like quick recipes there that actually look really good. Nice. So like I found like a banana bread that was only like four ingredients. And I've been inspired to make it. I don't remember the exact ingredients. I have to look back at it. But it was just like bananas and then like almond butter. And then I think like some sort of flour, baking soda or something like that. I have to go back and look at it. But it looked good. And, and a lot of those recipes look really easy as well. So wow. it's something that I've been interested at looking into how to make it. And exploring yeah, TikTok. I'm trying to learn all about my nephew had TikTok, then he got it, like, take, they, like, closed his account. He was so upset, so now he's back on. It's a whole thing. <laughs> I was going like, through him about TikTok, so that's cool. Uh, and I meant to ask you this earlier, too. What are some tips you can just, like, two or three tips that you might give to someone who's recently been diagnosed with eczema um, to start their healing journey? Yeah, so two things, I guess, would be to look beyond food and... I know that a lot of people say to, you know, just make a diet change and do dairy-free or gluten-free, uh, things like that. But I really feel like there's so much more to it after everything that I've gone through. Um, I have an episode coming out where there can be like up to 15 different root causes of eczema and people don't often think about the other root causes, but it can be anywhere from like um, uh, bacterial issues, fungal issues, um, periodontal, so, you know, like things in your uh, like gum disease or even hidden infections in your mouth or even hidden infections in your body, um, candida, thyroid or hormone issues. Um, there can be, yeah, up to 15 different issues that are really driving eczema. And so I would really encourage people to get tested to find the root cause of what they're going through and not just to make a diet change. And also, I would also recommend people to not give up. Uh, sometimes it can take three to four practitioners just to find the right practitioner to help people heal. But I really want to encourage people to keep going. And not everyone will be the right practitioner for each person. And so sometimes it might take, you know, finding several practitioners just to find the right one. But don't give up because you'll eventually get there. And I've seen a lot of people who have gone through a lot and they spend years trying to 
um, you know, find a way to heal. So yeah, I just want to encourage people not to give up because they'll eventually find a way and, um, you know, small steps make a big difference. And so all the steps that you do will eventually add up and you'll eventually be able to conquer whatever you're going through. And so that's uh, what I want to remind people and encourage them today. Yeah, thank you so much. Everything that you've said has been super informative and you've taught me so many things about eczema and then chronic skin conditions as well. And I want to say, like, I'm not somebody who personally deals with eczema, but I still have listened to Abby's podcast and still benefit from it because, like she said, there's up to 15 root causes and there's so many links between um, or among all of the chronic skin conditions. So just to let everyone know, like, that they, they should check out your work regardless of what they're dealing with with their skin, I think. Thanks so much, Angela. Yeah, and also, where can people find you on all your different platforms? Yeah, so I'm at Eczema Conquerors on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and my website is also Eczema Conquerors. And I also have a free Facebook Eczema Support Group as well. People can search uh, the Eczema Support Group for Eczema Podcasts and Eczema Conquerors. And yeah, all that information is there. Okay, great. And we'll also put all of that in the show notes so people can find you too. Sounds great. Thank you so much for joining us today. We yeah. love it. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Yeah. And I hope everybody, everyone will learn something from this and they will be on their, the start to their healing journey too. So thanks. Thank you. Thank you.